Hey, y'all. Welcome to Pain in the Pod, coming to you from New York City. And as a reminder, Pain in the Pod's on Patreon, and Patreon's a place where you can get bonus content and support the podcast. Go over to patreon.com slash pain in the pod. Today's guest will be featured on Patreon, so you can check that out. And let me remind you, if you're enjoying the podcast, be sure to leave five stars in a review. It really does help get the word out, and I'm told it's super important. So I'm just passing that along. Thank you. So I'm a big fan of today's guest, and I have been since I first heard him on Radio Andy, John Arthur Hill is an actor, singer, producer, Broadway star, and of course, radio host of two shows on Radio Andy. I asked John to listen to a podcast called The Ballad of Billy Balls, and he's here to chat with me about it today. So thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So exciting. All right, I'm going to give you the official description as seen on their website of The Ballad of Billy Balls before we get into it. So here, here we go. Set the scene, okay? Downtown New York, early summer 1982. A man bursts into an East Village storefront apartment and shoots musician Billy Balls. The motive? Unknown. Billy's body? disappears. Rebecca, Billy's girlfriend, doesn't know what to do and has no way to say goodbye. Now, 37 years later, Io Tillett Wright wants to give Rebecca the opportunity to let go. The Ballad of Billy Balls unravels a mystery of love and loss, the tender binds of family, and the stories we learn to tell ourselves just to survive. How'd you feel about that? <laughs> about, about how you described yeah, it? Yeah, right. Okay. You feel good about it? I felt like you did a great job describing it. Um, I actually just looked it up as well. You know, I, I was recommended to listen to this podcast by my friend Zara Finley Shiraz. I think her name has changed into a triple hyphen it now because she just got married. She works at Watch What Happens Live. Uh-huh. And she doesn't I, own Zara, though. No, she does not own Zara, although maybe she does. She's very coy. She should start telling people she, that. Exactly. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. Um, and I think she's probably, you know, sick of that joke because I used to make it all the time. <laughs> um, and so I listened to her advice and I, I thought, you know what? I need a new podcast. And I turned it on. And it was a little confusing because mm-hmm. when you sign on, when, when you turn it on or download it, it ge- it sends you to a Robert F. Kennedy conspiracy theory. Yeah. Ha- did, did this happen for you? Everybody. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, very confusing. And then I started listening to it and I thought, well, maybe somebody named Billy Balls is going to emerge out of the story. And then I started getting engaged in this RFK thing because I didn't know a lot about it because I have I didn't listen in history class. And so I was into it, and then I saw. I thought, "What? What happened to Billy Balls? Where's Billy Balls?" And then I realized, "Oh, that's season two of this larger." But it's hard to look it up. That's correct. So make sure if you, uh, when you listen to this podcast, you you search for the Ballad of Billy Balls. When I finally found it, I was super into it Mm -hmm. because of like that description. It is juicy. It is. Uh, I mean, the culture of downtown, uh, you know, 80s New York, East yeah. Village, very much like, you know, a, you know, 15, 20 years before rent. So um, I was into it. I was also into the family aspect of it that this, uh, it, well, not, can I spoil things? Yes, because it's been out for a while. Yes. Okay. Yes. I mean, the, you know, you kind of find out at the end of episode one or two that the person that, that Io is interviewing is her mother, mm-hmm. his, their mother, I mm-hmm. should say. I think she says he. His mother. His okay. Mother. I'm going to say their mother just in case. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I looked it up beforehand because I wanted to be sure. <laughs> I thought about it and then, you know, because you start and I and I, I didn't know. So you find out. That's something you find out kind of later. Yes. But so their mother is Rebecca and her delivery is, you know, like a character out of a movie. You know, it's very Courtney Love. It's, yes. you know, um, that kind of vibe. And, you know, she has this vocal tone that is um, weathered, 
damaged, if I may, you know, been there, really experienced, had a hard life. You can hear it in her voice, tortured, tormented woman. Mm -hmm. And, you know, ultimately, you know, I don't know how much, you know, I jump around a lot, but uh, Io is trying to help his mother, their mother, uh, find out what happened to the love of her life which was this guy named Billy Balls, who was this rock star. And they play some of his music, which was actually amazing. He was an amazing singer, an amazing lyricist and songwriter. Mm -hmm. And, of course, he was murdered. It was, you know, it changed the course of uh, Io's mother's life forever. So she's helping her heal that wound, find out what, why, you know, because, because of this death, it affected Io's life. Right, her whole life. And the trajectory of her life, it caused a lot of pain in the family. It caused their entire life to be filled with fear and pain and resentment toward the law, you know, because they felt like the crime. The cops, right. Was um, never investigated properly. When you first heard it at the beginning and they sort of they sort of go at it backwards, right? They start with the crime of mm-hmm. him being killed. Now, when you first heard it and they're saying like, oh, you know, he was just in the apartment doing nothing and this cop comes in and shoots him. Was your initial thought like, you know, I don't know much about much. I mean, my thought was, but it doesn't sound like a cop just walked in and shot him. It sounds like something seedy was probably going on. Well, I gave them the benefit of the doubt. Um, and something that I did think that I was thinking, not to not to be uh, jaded, but I thought, you know what, you can pretty much at this point tell any story with the right uh, soundtrack or uh-huh. underscoring and <laughs> yeah. make it sound like a true true crime podcast. You know, we could do it like in here, like John walked through the door and you're never going to believe what happened. He saw Mary Payne. And then on next week's episode, you'll find out You'll never believe what happened next. Then you turn on the next episode and it's like he put down his coffee. (laughs) So I was a little bit like, where is this going? Mm -hmm. Um, But I I did wonder. It it grabbed me because of that, because the production on this podcast is so good and her delivery is so good that you and, and the storytelling is top notch. So you think. You're grabbed. It's like binge watching the, you know, one of the Netflix shows that first made people binge watch shows. Right. So it makes you, you know, you can't wait to turn into the next, to tune into the next episode. You can't wait. I listened to it in real time as it came out, which Mm -hmm. I don't do a lot. I do a lot of kind of wait till it's almost at the end and then Mm -hmm. I can really listen to it all. And she did a lot. Io did a lot of in two weeks. And I was like, oh, come on. Uh, yeah. In two weeks, you know. Well, something that they did was also pushed people to interact, like call the voicemail, go right. to the, go, you know, read uh, read their uh, the book? biography yeah. or memoir. Yeah. Um, so they pushed that a lot, which mm-hmm. I thought was really smart. And I heard, I, I listened to it binge style. I yes. did not listen to it real time. So I thought when I heard that, because the ads were still on, mm. I thought, oh, that was really smart because in between episodes, people were saying like, how can you make us wait? How can you make us wait? And they were it doing made a great- me buy the book. <laughs> it did it really? It, yeah. I Is bought- it exactly the same as the podcast? Um, no, because it barely <laughs> touches on Billy Balls. Mm, it's more, it, it's, right. It's, it's Io's life. Mm-hmm. And so that was, a, that was a one small critique I had about the podcast was it didn't seem like that story- of Io being born a girl and feeling like her whole, like from a small age, always felt like a boy and right. being transgender and um, the love life and and went off to these like crazy boarding schools in Germany and like right. all this weird stuff with the dad being a heroin addict, all this yes. stuff. That to me was a whole separate story. 
And that comes, yeah. it, it comes into play in, in the podcast in episode like six. Mm-hmm. And I, I think the father was my favorite character in the whole thing, in the, in the whole podcast. Aside from, of course, Rebecca and the friend who, you know, took the private jet to have orgies on the plane. <laughs> um, so, I mean, they were, they, they were great characters. I don't know characters. if I remember the person with the private jet with the orgies. Oh my orgies. gosh. Yeah. So it was a friend of Rebecca's. It was about episode three or four, okay. three, four or five. And she, you know, because on this journey, Io searches out people that knew her mother to, to fill in the gaps of her mother's story. Not that she didn't trust her mother, but her mother's, they had a tenuous relationship. Mm-hmm. She left home. She went to live with her dad, you know, um, and she says, like, you know, she ran away f- with the circus, you know, essentially uh, for all intents and purposes. So, you know, she went she struggled to find her home. She didn't feel like she had a home. Their home was ramshackle. She didn't have a key to her home. She stayed in wherever she couldn't really find anything to eat. They That's just had terrible. a yeah, mm-hmm. a messy life. So she didn't know. But um, so she fills in the gaps by asking her parent or her mom's friends, especially uh, what their take is on it. To fill in the gaps of what her mother has told her about Billy Balls. Also things that you see as a child that when you become an adult yes. and your parent tells you and you go, what? Yeah. Those people were divorced? Like, you know, and your mom's like, oh my gosh, it was terrible. And as like a 10 year old, you didn't mm-hmm. know that. So, I'm waiting yes. for that for my parents to be like, oh, by the way, this happened. And I'm going to be like, geez, if you just would have told me when I was, you know, I'm 41 at this <laughs> point, like, just tell me. But so she, the the person on the jet, she, um, when the drugs start appearing, uh, this woman, I forget her name, she comes, she visits her, or she calls her and this woman spills so much she's, she's the one that said that billy was like the drug dealer that mm. was giving her the drugs and it's like famous people were having these mm-hmm. yes and she uh-huh. says you know i yes, 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 yes. like i guess he wanted some sort of drug and she said well i'll that's how she and, and it switched to heroin mm-hmm. so and this is billy balls not the dad yet but still, you know billy ball and she said i was the one who said well i can't get coke so the only thing around is really heroin so she got heroin and then then she goes on and she tells the story that I had to rewind 10 times about this private jet. Right. And it like whips chains and all sorts of people and heroin and these big parties. And she said, if any, my favorite line is if anybody asks you to go on a private jet with a bunch of heroin (laughs) to go on an orgy, you say yes. And I was on the other end of the phone and she's like, God, okay. I mean, like gold mine. If you had been the host of this podcast and you received this phone call, I would have been like, okay, now we have a podcast. Yes, yes. Well, Io's story to me is, the book really is good, Mm -hmm. but the book does just sort of end and she does mention Billy Balls in it. And I just, to me, it seems like Io is still that child that is doing this podcast to get like her mom to approve of her like look yeah. mom I did something you know when yeah. she's she's a well-known like writer and photographer and I a sidebar I tell it right it was like involved in the Johnny Depp Amber Heard um situation really when Johnny Depp's allegedly oh. supposedly like hit Amber Heard or threw stuff around the apartment whenever that happened a few mm-hmm. years ago um Io is the friend that Amber Heard called and like wow. went to her house yeah Okay. Yeah. Wow. So she's like in the pop culture for wow. sure. Wow. Yeah. And when I looked all, when you just look at look up her name on the Google, um, that's what comes up first. Wow. Like, okay. I tell her right. Friends with Amber Heard. You know, <laughs> defends her in Johnny Depp. Blah 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 blah. blah. I oh mean, my crazy. Gosh. I and I heard of that, but I guess I didn't make that connection. Uh, yeah. I mean, and why, I had, why would you? You're not. 
remembering to well, be I character. Well, I know her. I guess I should have figured that out. I mean, I, say I know her. I've met her a few times. But, uh, wow, that is interesting. Next time you see her, you can ask her. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't. Or, probably, or probably not probably ask not. her. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so a- after you like heard all these police reports and the autopsy and all that stuff, do you think that, do you think personally the cops targeted Billy? Or do you think that he died in the hospital because a cop came in and killed him? They do such a good job of making this a dramatization or not a dramatization. It is a true story. It's what happened. It's everyone's account of what happened. They And they they have this lawyer um, who, you know, from yeah. the Big Lebowski or, you know, inspired this character from Big Lebowski was inspired by this real lawyer. They have um, these they have the cop that apparently is on a record for having fired the shot that killed. That Billy was a huge in the podcast. Or when they, they found that. Him. Yeah. Yes. So. They do this stuff that seem like huge bombshells, but when I, and and again, I'm not casting aspersions on the podcast, but they do such a great job of telling the story that I thought, I started to feel around episode five or six, this is not going to pay off in the way I think it is. There's not going to be a huge twist. It was uh, a tragically unfortunate accident, but we have, think about it this way for me. We have Rebecca, who was an actress, a performer, a stage mom. And I, I'm i someone from the Broadway community. I know these, you know, I know mm-hmm. that energy. I have that energy. So I, I know that when things happen, I make them into uh, drama. I'm a drama queen. So yeah. like, I, and hearing her talk about it, you know, she thought that when he died, she would get pregnant and... Aya would be the reincarnation of Billy. These mm-hmm. are massively dramatic yes. ideas. So when I realized that, I thought this may not pay off in the way I think it it might. So I don't know. And when I heard the cop, first of all, agree to speak, I thought this is going to be. It was impossible for them to even find out his name. Right. It was redacted everywhere. So it was real, you know, journalism. It is a big yeah. bombshell. But at the same time, the fact that when I heard, OK, he's agreed to speak to them. It's not going to be that big of a shock. You know what? He got shot. I what I do think might have happened and we will never know is that maybe someone involved in the drug community may have snuffed him in the in the hospital the st- the story goes oh, he was um, in the hospital mm-hmm. dying and there was someone in a cowboy hat who went into the room and like you know put a pillow over his face i think the cowboy hat was from the shooting in the apartment and then mm-hmm. the another person an was undercover the hosp- cop an undercover said, cop yeah. they were saying about the cowboy hat which again and you know um you're from the south i'm from the south and we like to tell a good story and you know my my mom will always say things don't don't let the truth get in the way of a good story right or i'll say things all the time and i'll go mom that's not how that happened she goes well it made a better story right right so i think that you know if you it, the way that you're describing it, i never thought of it that way she is so overly dramatic and the pigs and the and and it's I think you're right that after all those years just to hear that it just you know the most obvious answer is the answer this is the way it happened he was a drug dealer he pulled out a gun on a cop and the cop shot him I mean right and they're they go into the minutia of you know he had to load the gun why would you hear the gun cock if you like if you heard that uh, they go through all this stuff and it's like, well, maybe, but also, and maybe someone had it in for him. He was also a drug dealer. Right. 
and people get shot. I don't, you know, I don't, I'm fortunate enough, knock on wood, to have not been around shootings about, you know, pertaining to drugs. So, but I, but apparently they happen all the time and I can only imagine that this happens all the time. Right. And even, you know, when she was, you know, they talk about, you know, seconds matter and why would someone turn around if they, or why wouldn't they turn around if they heard the gun cock and someone, you know, putting bullets in the gun? And it's like, well, maybe they didn't hear. Maybe there was a bodega cat. Because this maybe is... Maybe this dude's on drugs and he wasn't paying attention. Apparently, it yeah. happened in a bodega, the storefront. Right. That's where the shot was but fired. But that's what their apartment was. It was right. a storefront. They had made a bodega into their apartment. So there was a lot so of mess happening. Too. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot of... Um, and then he went to the hospital. At first, I thought he died on impact. Me too. But no. But he went to the hospital and was there for like two weeks or like yeah. a long time, seven days or you know days, yeah. you know. And um, Rebecca, the mother, went there and visited him, you know, frequently. And you know, apparently, the story is she left, and the one time she left is when he died, and she came right back and she was like, "Oh, the one time I didn't sleep here is when you right. die, of course." And they took him in the middle of the night for like an X-ray or something, and that is weird. It is weird. But, but I will tell you, from my dad had a long hospital stay last year, and they would literally like, "Okay, well, five a.m. is when we'll do the sponge bath," yeah. and I'm like, "Why?" <laughs> And like, well, our shift ends at six and we yes. have to get it done. And I was like, well, you're waking somebody up. That's the kind of crap they do in the hospital. Right. You know? So for them to take him in the middle of the night for an x-ray, it's like, that's when that person had time. Right. And there's especially you know, New York, a busy New York hospital where things yeah. are churning around, you know, like crazy. There's a million people coming in the hospital every second. Oh, my gosh. OK, we have to take a quick break okay. and we'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by HP+. Plus. In a world full of smart devices, shouldn't your printer be smart too? It is with HP+. These printers know when they're running low, so you always get the ink you need delivered right when you need it. Plus, you save up to 50% on ink, so you can print whatever you want, as much as you want, any time you want. Huh, that is pretty smart. Get six free months of instant ink when you choose HP+. Conditions apply. Visit hp.com slash smart for details. Okay, we're back with John Hill, and we're talking about the ballad of Billy Balls. So the, the twist that happens at the beginning of this podcast, and again, spoiler alert, it's been out for a year, so go listen. But the <laughs> twist that happens at the beginning is that Io is Rebecca's child. Now, I, when I first, just somebody told me to listen to it, and I heard the promos, thought it sounded good, listened to the first episode, I can remember where I was. I was walking into Nordstrom. I was listening to the second episode. You know how some things that happen. Off rack or just Nordstrom? Just regular. Okay. Just regular. And um, although there is an off rack by the train station. We love an off rack. Um, I love an Ann Taylor loft. (laughs) I don't think that's true. Um, But (laughs) These are pretty clothes I'm wearing. These are from Andy Cohen. These are things that were too big for him to fit. So I took them. Oh, they're hand-me-downs. Yeah, they're hand-me-downs. Exactly. I listen. Um, So... um, I thought it was a good twist that at the at going into the second episode mm-hmm. when she's crying and she says the thing that saved me was you. Yes, and I was like, "Who is she?" Ta-? I'm so dumb. I'm like, "Who is she talking to?" Oh, she's talking to Io. Like I didn't get it mm. at all. And then when I did, I thought, "Oh my God, Io is Billy Balls' kid," and that's what I thought right away. Right, not true. It wasn't true. And then, so this is another example. And listen, I have not made a podcast about true crime. But I worship their storytelling, but just um, from a shady perspective, okay, sure. I was like, well, that's not as good. 
But but actually, let me take that back. The fact that her mother, Rebecca, um, it's another example of how dramatic she was that Mm -hmm. she went and made a baby with someone else. She believed so hard that Billy Balls could be reincarnating as a baby that it didn't even matter who she had a baby with. He would come through. She didn't really like him that much. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He thought she was real interesting. You just made me think of a whole new thing about this whole like artistic community and the dad saying when he first saw Rebecca, she was laying naked on the floor in somebody's loft in the sunlight and just people were walking around her in this like crazy artistic community. And he's like, and I thought, who's that? Yeah. To me, I would be like, who's that? Exactly. Get get away. The way they describe her is unreal. I mean, I I wrote on here, would John John Hill want to be her neighbor? That's what I was asking. (laughs) That's what I would, my question. I think she people like that have been my neighbor many times. I mean, almost burning down the place. I mean, never sleeping. And I've been that person. Yeah, I've been that person. I mean, when I lived in Hell's Kitchen, you know, back in the Broadway days, I mean, there were I have, you know, there's crazy stuff that has happened. There are there's crazy stuff. I have, My landlord just died while sitting on his couch in L.A. I'm sorry. That's OK. Oh, three people died in my apartment in the past six months. But it's a different podcast. Uh, oh, that is. Well, <laughs> you're giving me ideas. But I mean, I was thinking like the way she's described is what I'm saying is like. Mm-hmm. Has not somebody who wanted your neighbor? Like, it seemed like... Oh, gosh. Ta- constantly burning things. Chaotic. Chaotic. Yes. And then in... um, And I guess it wasn't talked about on the podcast. Maybe in the book, there's a time where, because they're in public housing, they have to move out. Yes. While they're redoing the place. And then mm-hmm. they have to move to another place and move back in. And then they move back in. And the new place is, for public housing, like, so nice. Mm-hmm. There's, like, a skylight. And there's got, like, a real nice, you know, decent bathroom. And the mom just hates it. Right. Hates it. And it talks about the mom always walking around with her plastic grocery bags. Yep. And she hates the man. Hates anybody trying to bring her down. Yep. And what do you think, um, in your uh, professional opinion, uh, that she has a major eating disorder, the mom? That's a great question. I mean. The frenetic exercising and the not allowing Io to eat hardly anything. I think that has to do with show business, honestly. Okay, okay. I think that has to do with the dark side of show business. She I really wanted her to do. be a child star. I think, you know, you know, acting on film, acting on stage, auditioning for commercials. That is, I've seen that a million times. I have felt that a million times, you know. There's a dark side and a good side and it all mixes together, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that has to do with that. Also addiction. I think that there were, there's transference. If there are people who are addicted to, you know, we find out halfway through that Rebecca was addicted to basically speed. Right. She kept um, saying the name of what it was. I was like, I don't even know what that is. I think it's basically dexedrine. Okay. You know. Which I took as a child for ADHD. By wow. The way. Yeah. Just not straight, good. Straight dexedrine. Straight speed. I mean, that straight is. Straight dexedrine. Yeah. P- yeah. Thanks, mom. No, it hey, was fine. I'm, I'm okay now. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's tough. <laughs> so, so you know, um, well, uh, I mean, Bob Fosse, you know, dexedrine. So, I mean, these are powerful substances and she was addicted to that and and io found them when she was going through the apartment bottles of it and so i think i mean rebecca sounds like and i say this with love someone who has been through a lot of addiction mm-hmm. you know you can hear it in her speech you can hear it in her brain you know and that is said with love and and loving people who have been and and they they say this so i'm not accusing or assuming someone's been on drugs we you know no, they, she they says, says that yeah. um and i see that you know loving many people who are addicted to stuff so um i think 
that in that transference, if she wasn't on drugs, she could have had an eating disorder because it's another part of addiction. It's another form of being compelled, mm-hmm. you know, a, a compulsion um, because that is part of the disorder, you know? I just think that a, a lot of what I, I took from it, and it's kind of different and it's the same as what you're saying. But is the control, yes. The control. And the father talks about it, you know, who, and he, you know, was an addict himself. When, when Rebecca had Io as a child, I know what you're saying now. Yes, she controlled every single thing that went in. And he even says if, um, if he had fed her a Cheerio mm-hmm. outside and brought her back, she would, she'd say, you fed her a Cheerio. Yeah. That part I thought was, uh, ex- I could not believe that, but I have to believe it because it, he sounded like a very honest man. Uh, because she was so neglectful to her child in so many ways. And just so like, you know, with the, with the sex, with the guys and all mm-hmm. that, you know, all that stuff. She was su- such a neglectful parent. But then at the same time, she was such a controlling parent. I loved yeah. That switch. I loved when she because she's so passionate. She is so compulsive. So I did appreciate when 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 he described her as a mama bear obsessed with the baby. Mm -hmm. I didn't mind the control. I want. I liked that she wouldn't let anyone hold her. You know. I mean. I liked that. Mm -hmm. But that's you know again the drama thing. I liked that she was so passionate about controlling you know everything about the child because she seemed like she'd never she loved her so much that she didn't want to let him go. Right. And you know. I mean, uh, physically let him let, let him out of her arms. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then it's interesting, too, that the what you're saying, some notes I've written here about the um, flowery, I'm saying about the flowery language and the way that mm-hmm. Rebecca describes everything is just so over the top. Oh, my it's gosh. Like the way she describes New York. The you know, sweat and the, the drugs sweat and the, and the heat and, yeah. and just sweating. And she repeats herself a million times. And, and I'm like, I get it. And she sounds like someone who's making a documentary. So there were times when I was like, is this just a like a scripted production? Mm-hmm. Yes. Which yes. I also didn't mind. Yeah, right. And right, it was right, right. so well done and so tight that um, the way it was told, I was I was like, was she given, you know, a lot of prompting? Which I don't care if she was. It was. I it don't worked think she for was. Me. I think that's just the way she talks. I think so too. Then I was like, okay, this is what we're dealing with. This is someone who is, you know, I know people who are actors and performers, and then when they get in a documentary setting, they're good. Mm-hmm. They're good to go. Yeah. They know exactly how to describe things. They're already flowery and naturally, you know, expressive. They know how to tell a story. Right, right. I think I think, I think that has a lot was. to do with it too. And the uh Io's book, if you get a chance to read it, it is a lot of that as well. Now it really paints a picture in your mind, especially like let's just say if you've never been to New York City. Yeah. It really paints a picture of how it, it is it wouldn't make you want to come for sure it's it's the way <laughs> it that sounds rough it's, it's the way that my husband uh thinks of new york city he's just like it's gross it's smell it's too many people i hate it and i meanwhile like let me get on the train i'll go every day i mean you know so people just have a kind of a different feeling but the way she describes it doesn't sound great but she loves it it's mm-hmm. almost like a it's almost like a character like sex in the city right like new york city was a character right so it's true yeah, and I, a be- and a very specific picture. I mean, yeah. she really was specific. And I think that Io now, I think, is an LA person. Seems like, oh, yeah, I got a, I got a Palm Springs <laughs> deserty. I, th- I think he moved to Palm Springs at one point, uh, just to the desert. He says, and then I looked up pictures, and it seemed uh-huh. like definitely like a 
Palm Desert, Indian Wells type of place. Um, but yes, uh, West Coast based for sure. Yes. And, I, and it's interesting because I think that with that kind of chaotic childhood and then doing a lot of work on yourself um, and then kind of maybe keeping a little bit of a distance from that parent, mm-hmm. but then to make to get so close doing this. So we're going to take a little break and then I want to talk about how the podcast ends. Support for this podcast comes from Invent Together. According to studies, less than 13% of all inventors who hold a U.S. patent are women. Black and Hispanic college graduates patent at half the rate of their white counterparts. But we can fix that by increasing participation in innovation and patenting by underrepresented groups. It would quadruple the number of American inventors and increase annual GDP by almost $1 trillion. Invent Together is a coalition of organizations, companies, universities, and concerned citizens committed to ensuring that everyone has the opportunity to invent and patent. Because the more diverse the American patent system gets, the stronger and more successful our nation will become. What can you do to help diverse inventors patent and unleash economic opportunity? Find out at inventtogether.org. Learn more and take action today. Okay, I'm back with John Hill to talk about the ballad of Billy Balls. So at the end of the podcast, and again, just it's a spoiler, but it's been out for a long time. They do find where Billy Balls is mm. buried. That's a lot of bees. <laughs> and they they go through the city of New York and find out that he's buried in a potter's field, which is basically where the indigent, the poor, and people that have no means are put. And it's just they're put in the ground, and then there's like a two-foot-by-two-foot two number yeah. And you literally have to say, like, walk six feet, walk 12 feet to get to it. And you're not allowed to go. It's a place you're not allowed to go. So they had to get um, special permission to go because they were technically common law married. Right. It was a whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they go. Now, you want to talk about the dramatics of that situation. This was tragic. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah. But she lays on the ground, mm-hmm. you know. It's like a, a play that's writing itself. It's like it's so dramatic that the end scene is going to be her laying on the ground. You know, right. My heart's on his heart and, yeah. you know, all this. But do you feel at the end of it that Rebecca had any closure on it and now she actually knows exactly what happened? She knows he wasn't killed in the hospital. I mean, she knows exactly what happened to him and she knows exactly where he is. It was all she's wanted all these years. The man didn't take him down. You know, do you think this was a, any closure for her? No. Um, yes, but I wonder if she's someone who ever will feel is capable of feeling closure. She seems like someone who it is a scar on her heart that will always remain. Mm -hmm. So, yes, I, I feel like there was closure in terms of the story about she never knew what happened. Right. But I think it's part of her life that she had this love and a tragic thing happened and it affected her life. That's never going to go away. And the kind of performer in her, which is part of her beauty and part of her spirit, and that is something that is not a negative thing. It's just part of, you know, we all have characteristics. That act of um, that was her closure. But I don't know if it's I don't really know what closure is. You know, I don't know if I've ever experienced closure. I don't really, you know, the term forgive and forget. um, I forgive, but I don't forget is such an insane term to me. I forgive, but I guess I don't. For, I, mean, I, I don't know the difference between the two. So 
I don't know. I guess I, that that I do understand. <laughs> but closure, I know what you're saying. I mean, because if you, so, if you somebody's don't forget, died, they're still dead. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. So I, I think closure. Sh- yes, I do. I guess the answer for me is yes. But I think it's such a big part of her identity that it ne- it won't necessarily ever go away. Because if you ask her about her life, one of the first things, you know, I had a kid. Mm-hmm. I had the love of my life who was tragically killed, blah, blah. blah. So. Yes. In terms of this story and this podcast, the Ballad of Billy Balls, uh, yes, there is an end point where they find his body because they didn't know where it went. Right. It was a mystery. Right. They solved the mystery. And he mystery. had relatives. Yes. Which was so crazy. They and never another got, daughter. They, they, yeah, and another daughter. And they had he had these relatives that they could have found. Yes. To, and she was on record as being his common-law wife. And they didn't right. contact her or anything. Yeah. So... Yeah, I think so. Yes, closure in terms of the mystery of where he was. Yes, yes, but it opens up another Mm -hmm. whole story of the way she felt. Yeah, because I do think she felt that they were a little bit of a a Courtney and Kurt, Sid and Nancy. Yes, and it made me really, really wonder. Of course, we'll never know. Made me really wonder. Like thirty years later, would these people still be together? Likely, if you're doing that much speed, somebody's going to die. Wow. Yeah. You know, good point. I mean, it, it it's it's headed for disaster. They're also very young. They were so young in their twenties. Yeah. Yeah. And and so it was a chaotic thing. It's a, you know these stories are tragic, and that's part of the that's part of why they're beautiful. So being able to find you know and seeing these people all these years later, um, and then having a child that is that wants to help you so much and is healing their own trauma that was caused by this trauma is all, very layered. So that's why this podcast got me. Yeah. Um, and Well, know, I thought about you when, when I was talking to you and I was like, oh, let me do like I do with Doug Buden and I'll, I'll find something and you can listen to it. And I thought about you because I thought about the performance aspect and the New York City aspect. And I thought, you know, there's like, it's got every, like to sound like, um, what's his face from SNL, Stefan? It's got everything. Yes. It's got, it's got addiction. It's got neglect. It's yes. got this. It was really, really, um, well done. And so on the, to, 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 to wrap that part up, I will say that we recommend it. Yes. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah, but yeah, it is, it is a little story. tough to find. Um, okay. Now, podcast. What's another one that you've listened to lately that you love? Oh, my gosh. I'm so bad at this. Um, <laughs> Don't put you on the spot. Well, I mean, uh, as we sp- sort of spoke about, um, Jackie Schimmel, Bitch Bible, for Lover. sure. Mm-hmm. Um, that's so retrograde. Okay, yeah. Now, that's a retrograde. I I listened to that a while back. I haven't listened lately. Okay. It's a little it's a little woo-woo. Right. But I do, I do like that. It, well, they're very good friends of mine. They came on my show, and I've known them for a long time. And I understand what you're saying because... I thought at first that it was, I, I, you know, they came on my show and I was like, what's my sign? What's my blah, blah, blah. Right. And, you know, and I went to a meditation, uh, like group Reiki healing at the makeup section of Bloomingdale's, like with them, with a group. So I was like, what is this? But they're basically review, like as we review these podcasts and as you do, uh, they're kind of reviewing the woo woo things, okay. which I think is a very cool brand for them so they're not saying like we are gurus they're saying who are the gurus and who should you listen to what are the cleanses you could do they're they're in on the joke of la and how crazy it is okay so they're saying oh my gosh there's this crazy thing where they cup your back and then this happened you know and they're on the forefront of it all so it's um while it's a little bit humorous you can either you, you can listen to it and uh and laugh at it but also think 
maybe I'll try that. You know, I know that they had on the the healer that was on Vanderpump Rules that mm-hmm. like got rid of Stassi's demons. Right. They so, had that person on. Yes. And so did Amy Phillips. Right. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. They had Marianne Williamson on last week. Wow. Yeah. So it's covering the gurus who are doing the woo-woos. Mm-hmm. But not like cult leaders. Or maybe. I mean, yeah. it, but but they're not saying, you know, they're they're leaving it up for you to choose. So I, I like listening to them. I love their personalities. Um, you know, Stephanie is more of a comedian. Elizabeth is, uh, you know, she has come from a style background. Um, so, but on the other hand, I mean... In LA, it's um, you know, you kind you've run into these people all the time, you know, who are doing these things. I, you know, in my neighborhood, there is an Orange Theory, there is a CrossFit, there is a LecFit that is opening. What's LecFit? Well, it's that thing that Busy Phillips. It's like with a trampoline, and then you do push-ups, and everyone they got a lot of influencers to film themselves doing this workout at home. Okay. And they made so much money doing that that now they have space to go do okay, that. So okay, they're opening okay. a physical business. Um, and then there is a uh, den meditation uh, den. These are all on my corner. On your block. Okay. So which there was only like a bakery there before. So this is all <laughs> the, like LA's, you know, has always been this way. Yeah. But uh, so K- that's Casey the- Wilson talks about it a lot on um, yeah. Sesh. And some of it is she'll, she laughs like, I cannot believe I went to this. And I did this. But, exactly. But, you know, I'm, I'm looking for something. Yes. And maybe this could have been it. This wasn't it. But, you know. Right. Yeah. And I have, you know, I have a psychic on my show, The Feels, mm-hmm. uh, on Radio Andy. And I have him on once a month. And he reads people over the phone and gives them psychic readings. And I sit there and watch. And it it's not like. Uh, I'm laughing at him. I, but I do think it is really amusing. People want to know these things. People want therapy. Everyone wants to know. Absolutely. You know, they're heartbroken. A lot of people are heartbroken. A lot of people want to call in and, you know, they're not saying like, what does my dead grandmother think of me right now? Does she like this choice I'm making? They, the questions we get are, Am I going to find love this year? Was mm-hmm. it wrong that I broke up with my boyfriend? I still have feelings for him. These are the questions we get. So, and a psychic can tell you that? I thought a psychic was more like... Right. Well, he's not yeah. a Tyler Henry type. He's right. more of a... Um, of a he, he connects to someone's e- emotions over the phone and says, you know, think about it this way. He's mm-hmm. not necessarily... He doesn't really do that for it's a people. Little, it's a little therapy-like. It, it is. Like. What, okay, tell me. Now, tell me. We're going to switch over. Yes. Tell me about the feels because I have listened to the feels. Now, I've never heard us like... Once a month. Yeah, his okay. name's Mikey. Uh, uh, I will let you know when he's on next. Okay, so I'll call. Call. I- I'll call. That's I have great. questions. Good. And I- there. And again, he won't, it's not, I mean, he knows these things about yeah. like, you know, he, he hears from the beyond, yeah. but he doesn't do that for people because he thinks that it's not his place to necessarily, he thinks that he can lead people to find that out for themselves. Okay. And he's a, he's a good guy. He's a good friend of mine. And he's a good friend of the That's a Retrograde Girls. Anyway, that's the podcast I recommend. Okay. And also Jackie Schimmel, who's, who's Schimmel. been on my podcast. And I love Jackie. I love and her so much. She, um, I would like to just mention quickly, you were on Jackie's podcast recently. Yes. And you made the most epic crank call to her grandmother that I've ever heard in my life. Now, was, she's crank called Gloria. She crank calls Gloria a lot. She ugh. Gloria still doesn't get it. Still doesn't know she's being crank called. So when she was like, you kept going, she's going to know. She's gonna, and Jack is like, I promise you she won't. It was amazing. Uh, that wasn't on the spot. I had no idea. I had never met Jackie before I sat down. No way. I, and you just came mm. up with that um, old Jewish man character? Yeah. Oh I can't God. think about impressions or anything before, before before or I'll ruin it. Yeah. God, that was funny. Mm. That was funny. I, I 
did I not had a lot of fun. I did not hear the episode following, but I wanted to know what Gloria had to say about it. Oh, <laughs> apparently she was very imp- she was very flattered. Well, she yeah, she was she was going to be Anne Frank's mother. Yeah, in frankly, comma Anne. Yeah. Oh my God, <laughs> with the music of Carly Rae Jepsen. The funniest thing is when she when she said Carly Rae Jepsen that her husband had just done his the latest mm-hmm. music. You were like, that's it. Uh, you know, because I know how much you love Carly oh my Rae God, Jepsen. I love her so much. She's my favorite. And you're like, well, now me and your husband have to run off together. Exactly. Yes. Her husband's cute. He's so cute. cute. And they're He's in so London cute. now living their best life. I know. At the Soho Farmhouse. I hate it when my friends go to the Soho Farmhouse. Fancy. I hate it. It's fancy. You mean you love it for them? No, I don't. <laughs> I resent them and I hate them. <laughs> I want them to be trampled by cattle. Oh, okay. Well, that's one step too far. <laughs> very, very specific. Okay. Tell people where they can find you on the radio and all your funny Instagram and all that and cameo and all that. Yes. Okay. So um, I'm Andy Cohen's co-host on Andy Cohen Live, which is 10 to noon live every Monday and Wednesday. Uh, that's 10 to noon Eastern and it is 7 to 9 Pacific, which mm. is uh, tough for me, but I do it every week. Um, also, I host The Feels on SiriusXM. Uh, Radio Andy. This is all channel 102. The feels is Thursdays, 7 p.m. Eastern and 4 p.m. Pacific. Uh, Channel 102. Also live, you can call us in 844-305-2639. Follow me (laughs) at The Boss of You on Twitter and John Arthur Hill uh, on Instagram. And that's J-O-H-N with an H. Okay. (laughs) Got it. Like I said. I got it. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you for and having me. We would definitely recommend the Ballad of Billy Balls. It's very gritty. It's not for the uh it's not for the uh maybe not for my mother. Right. But it's very, very good. Right. Or people who are yeah, it is gritty. You're right. Yeah. It's gritty. Yeah. Okay. Thanks so much. And you can follow me on all social media at Pain in the Pod. Thanks. <laughs> 